Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here today with keyboardist, composer, and recording engineer, Tim Felton. San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello and welcome to San Diego Sessions. This is our first podcast of the new year, and we hope you all are doing marvelously well out there. Uh, we're here in studio with my co-host, Edward Kornhauser. Hello. And as we mentioned, we're here with our special guest, Tim Felton. Hey, What's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Honored thanks. to be here with you all. Thanks for being here. At uh, I'd like to make a special uh, announcement. We are at Dirty Boulevard West. Dirty Bar Recording Company West or North, depending on how well you think about it. Uh, and that would be my studio apartment, <laughs> which is a few blocks uh, from Ian's and right under the flight path, as we just heard, a lovely Alaska Airlines flight just took over. I just saw the tail <laughs> go out the window. Nice. Uh, yeah. So this is our first mobile offsite recording. If it sounds a little different, it's just the sweet vibes of Ed Kornhauser's bachelor pad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I live in, I, I live in a shoebox, but it's my shoebox. All right. Well, we're going to kick it off. I know you guys have just been dying with anticipation for the latest version of This versus That. I've been absolutely bedridden. These are two musicians or public figures of note, and Ed is going to have to pick one and only one. But Tim, feel free to jump in. All right. Um, all right. First up, is this like Highlander? There can only be one. Is that this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Highlander, but but more poorly produced. Uh, all right. First up, that's saying something. <laughs> uh, uh, trombone player Frank Rosalino, or, and I always say the word iconic, iconic vocalist Frank Sinatra, and incidentally. Frank Rosalino was big in the L.A. scene with trombone, and he he performed and maybe recorded with Frank Sinatra. Oh, wow. I mean, I've, I've always loved Frank Rosalino's playing. I came up with a whole bunch of friends who played trombone, so I've always had a, just a lot of jazz trombone sort of in my ears, and so I'm familiar with Frank Rosalino. Uh, and to be honest, I... I love Frank Sinatra and I appreciate his work and I appreciate his revolutionary style and everything he did. He stars in my favorite movie ever, which is The Manchurian Candidate. He's wonderful in it. And I, he's still not really my go-to very often, though, still, nonetheless, even though I, I really dig him. So I'm going to go with Frank Rosalino. All right, the underdog. Yeah, go with that. Rosalino. Not, I'm not going blue eyes. Here comes another <laughs> airplane. Okay, next up. So I was running out of ideas, so everything I know about these, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Pianist Duke Pearson, oh, wow. who was uh, instrumental in developing the hard bop sound on Blue Note. But I forgot, he was the piano player in Art Farmer, Benny Golson, you know, the original jazz tet. He also worked with Donald Byrd. Or pianist Duke Jordan, who was one of the original bebop guys. Oh, wow. You know, he worked with uh, Charlie Parker back when Charlie Parker was on Dial. Wow. But he also, he wrote the tune Jordu, Duke Jordan, the Clifford Brown tune we know, Jordu, that's actually his tune. Wow. Okay, so Duke Pearson or Duke Jordan. They're both great. I've heard both of them. Uh, I think I've listened to more Duke Pearson. I, I, and I really like his style. I do a tune of his with the organ trio I play with, uh, Big Bertha, that song of his, which is super fun to play. Uh yeah, I really like Duke Pearson. I'm going to go with Duke Pearson on this one. Although I, I, you know, I like Duke Jordan too. All right. Okay. Next one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one to Tim. Uh, iconic. That's your Icon word. 
<laughs> Ian Iconic It's Tordella. a really, really great word. I'm really, really smart. Um, <laughs> all right. Iconic tenor saxophonist Dexter Gordon or fictional character from uh, Gotham City, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> and the only thing that they're sim- that's similar about them is they both probably like have a bottle of scotch in the drawer of their desk. Plus, in recent movies, do you, I could see Gary Oldman kind of looking like Dexter Go next Dexter Gordon a little bit. Yeah, I'm at a loss. I, I haven't really listened to much Dexter Gordon. I must admit, and Batman haven't really seen many of the Batman oh, movies. Man. So that's a strikeout. Okay, Ed. Save him. What what are we gonna go? I'm gonna with go. I'm, uh, well, it depends. Like, who do I want to play the gig, or who do I want to save the city? Because I don't want like a drunk, you know, jazz musician to try and save the city from the Joker. Uh, I mean, I guess that's Batman's job anyway. But Commissioner Gordon helps. Uh, so we talked about what we're. What situation would we need this this person in? Oh man, to like kill it on a session, or to like help the bat. <laughs> It's up to you. Sorry. I'm going to go with Dexter Gordon. All right. All right. This is this is actually our first podcast we're recording in 2018, mm. and it's already gone off the rails completely. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's the phrase of the year, off the rails, 2018. All right. So once again, we're here Jump with, with a keyboardist, uh, organist, clavinetist, um, producer, band leader, uh, engineer, international man of mystery, Tim Felton. What's going on? And uh, we're going to kick it off with a track that is yet unreleased, but this is this is with uh, your band Surefire Soul Ensemble, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. new it's going to be the B-side of a new 45 coming out on Coal Mine Records hopefully in March. Cool. And then what's the the working title of this one? Uh Ode to the Poets, which references the German group Poets of Rhythm who really revolutionized um the funk sound in, in the '90s. Um, they were one of the early bands to 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 bring the throwback sound back um, before Daptone and and some of the other ones that are that are kind of more prominent now. The Poets of Rhythm were were the first to do it. All right, cool. Here we go with Ode to the Poets.
And we're back. And we just heard Ode to the Poets from our guest Tim Felton and uh, the group Surefire Soul Ensemble. Now this is a this is a this is an outfit that you've led for a while now, yes? Yeah, I think we're we're over five years deep. Wow. Um, what's the instrumentation of the of the group? Let's see here. We got drums, bass, perco- uh, two percussionists, uh, one one dude usually on congas and bongos and that sort of thing, and then my wife Cheryl on the shaker a and uh, tambourine, claves, etc. More the hand percussion. And then guitar, I play keyboards, and two or three horn players. Wow, nice. So it's, yeah, it's eight or, n- eight or nine people. That's some serious cat herding that you got to do there. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I, 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 I've seen the boss's job, but I don't want it. That's, uh, that's gnarly. <laughs> Thanks. Um, wh- so how, how did you decide to put the group together, or why did you decide to, to get a group like this? Um, I guess it was just my interest in kind of, I'd been playing in some smaller groups, like more like the, the quartet or the quintet. And I'd, I know you had the group, the fire eaters a while ago. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is now called the, the mighty three eighty eights. Okay. So yeah, that's like the, your kind of traditional organ funk soul jazz quartet, um, add a horn, make it a quintet. But I, I just like percussion a lot. I like Afrobeat, which requires more people to play that music because you have a lot of horn players, you have a lot of percussion and a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the late sixties and early seventies funk bands, even think about like James Brown, Brown's band. He had like 12 people in his band or something like that. Like it's just, it's simple music like stripped down, but it's thick because you got a bunch of, just a bunch of people playing it. I always love the keyboard sounds in Afro, in a lot of like early Afrobeat stuff because it's always on these weird funky weird combo organs or just whatever was like around over there pretty much it's probably like the least expensive yeah and they probably came from europe like the, the italian or yeah or english it's just like whatever they whatever can make its way down there and it's just some sometimes it's just like that's a the most unique sound they always have the most unique keyboard vibes right for sure just, just in terms of audio quality and I always think it's just like, oh yeah, that's the weird like Farfisa thing that they was just that they just had. Yeah, and they're and they're recording on more lower fidelity equipment for the period too, and you know, and probably getting more distortion on their recordings. But musically, it ends up like being very fulfilling and and becoming a part of part of the sound. You know. Yeah. So you mentioned you uh, this is coming out on Coal Mine, mm-hmm. and you guys have have already done a few projects for them. How did you get hooked up with with Coal Mine Records? Pretty much just by emailing them, and um, he actually didn't catch the email until after I put out our first, we did a self-release on the first 45, but he wrote me back, and he's like, oh, shoot, do you still want to put this out? And I was like, oh, well, this one's already out, but let's let's do another one, and, yeah. and he was down, and yeah, that's how the relationship started. How many uh, how many records have you guys done now as a, as a band? We've done two LPs and four 45s. Wow. And, you know, the 45s, like two of them are from each record. Nice. Very cool. Um, forgive me, I should have asked this earlier, but who's, who's playing in the band? Oh, yes, I should, I should mention all them. No, I should. I those pre- guys. No, oh, those man. dudes. Sorry, I should, have, I should have said when I asked the instrumentation, but I'm well, like, oh, yeah. Well, we have a, a, new, a new lineup for kind of the last six months. Um, we've got Jake Nager now on drums, who's just like the ultimate hammer for this style. He's the, the, the funk master. Oh, yes. Um, our bass chair um, is filled by a couple different people. Um, Omar is playing on the recordings. Omar Lopez, um, excellent bass player. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this is probably going to know him or, or have played with him. And then, but um, Matt LaBarber, he was our original bass player. He's still involved playing shows with us. And uh, Ricky Giordano has, has uh, done a couple runs with us. Nice. Nice. He's he's really come up on bass. Yeah. He's mostly a guitar player here in San Diego, but he's who I've known for many years. Super cool guy. Uh and but he's really come up on bass quite well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and he loves playing funk. And I know he, he's toured with the B side players on bass as well. Right. Definitely. And then we have Nick Costa on guitar. He's an original member as well. Uh Kiko Cornejo Jr. Um on percussion, original member. Uh we got Jesse Adello on Saxon Flute, who's who's Came in about after a year after the project started going. Um, and we've got um, Willie Fleming on trombone. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's actually starting to sing some songs with us and write some lyrics. So we're going to be exploring some new 
avenues with vocals uh, with with Willie. He's a hyper talented dude. Like if you need some mandolin in your band, actually, he's he's uh, he's good for that too. Yeah, he he plays a little mandolin on on our new record. No way. Yeah, I just said that kind of as a lark, but that's cool. <laughs> Man- mandolin and trombone. Yeah. Does he also play like banjo and uh, you know the spoons and stuff? I, you know, I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> I Sorry, be, man. I wouldn't be surprised to be able <laughs> I can't, to. I can't help myself. Um, uh, so you you mentioned um, the poets of what was the band? The, oh, the poets of rhythm. The poets of. Rhythm. Oh, I should mention one more person. Uh, Bill Bill Caballero uh, oh, played trumpet on our on our. He's played on every record so far, but he doesn't gig with us usually. But I'd love to get him in on some shows, at least the ones in San Diego. Yeah, dope. Um, so you mentioned the poets of rhythm. Uh, are there any other groups that helped sort of influence your 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 the sound, the vibe that you're kind of trying to create with this ensemble? Sure. Um, I guess for me, it's been like a long evolution. I, I kind of got into music by producing hip hop. And the stuff, the hip hop that I was listening to was like, I really liked Dan the Automator, who's this producer out of San Francisco, who did Deltron 3030 and Dr. Octagon and the first Gorillaz album. So it's kind of like psychedelic hip hop cool. or, or like down tempo hip hop. And, you know, and I like Tribe Called Quest and Wu-Tang and through that, you know, started getting into the the material that, that they sampled. And that led me into soul jazz, funk, um, kind of like the cinematic stuff like David Axelrod did on his albums for, for Capitol. Right. Um, and then started studying music at San Diego State, took the African drum class and then got into to Fela Kuti through that. And then through like uh, hearing some of the Daptone stuff, like the Budos band, then got into Malatu Astaki. So just drawing on these different influences, and there are there are quite a few uh, modern bands that are kind of influenced by the cinematic soul, soul jazz, funk, uh, the Ethio jazz, and Afrobeat. So I guess kind of kind of fitting in with that, and trying to find my own distinct voice and you know niche with within that, you know. It, it's 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 funny there's a there's a i played in that band with matt smith called juice box and i don't know if we're that in that vein but we're sort of going in that direction but there is another band out of denmark or i think it's denmark mm-hmm. also called juice box it very much has that like cinematic soul vibe okay much larger with horns and a full rhythm and and it sounds like something out of a movie from the 70s like that's their whole energy but same name as us <laughs> just across the ocean yeah I sorry, I just thought I'd yeah. share that. It's kind of funny. Well, what well, I mean, what I dig when I hear you guys, and well, I think I've actually played like one or two shows with you as well. Is like sure. your uh, your tunes have pull from a lot of different influences. Like one of them will be straight funk, and then another one will have like a heavy Afrobeat influence. And you really got dialed into the differences in in rhythm and and style and instrumentation that that make it happen. Um, sure. But are you writing most of the tunes? I know, like Nick, the guitar player, has written a few, mm-hmm. right? And and, and uh, Jesse's written a lot of a lot of the, the melodies. Um, it's it's a it's a collaborative effort. I come up with a lot of like the, at least the rhythm section kind of ideas, and I'll start some demos, and then just hand it to the band, and then kind of let it let it evolve from there. Yeah. Um, but but Nick's definitely brought in tunes, and and Jesse's helped a lot with with orchestration and and writing a lot. The, you know, not not with the first album, but since after the first album, like the majority of the horn lines. Yeah, he's he's a he's a great arranger himself. I've I've heard some big band charts of his, and he he can really write. Yeah, and that's and that's Jesse Adello. I think I mentioned his full name yes. before. And uh, I just have to ask, how do you move your B three? <laughs> it's a cheap shot, but I just had to ask. Well, um, for a while, it would just live inside my minivan. <laughs> and uh which is kind of hard when you need to do studio stuff with it or practice on it so i, I helped move it once and it was an experience <laughs> yeah it's not fun and like you know i'm 38 my back feels like it's 48 for moving it around for the last five or so years so actually i don't move it around as much anymore you know what you need have you seen those like european little vespas that's like it has a flatbed on the back. Hmm. Oh wow! You need to get like a little truck or a Vespa with a flatbed, and then you just pull your B three like right up to the gig, or you have to drive <laughs> it onto stage. Yes, yes. And then you don't have to move. It. Then you just plug it in. Yeah. Yeah, that little. This is the wave of the future. Yeah. 
I, uh, I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen you with that thing, and I, I dread it. I, for my organ stuff, I play that little guy over there. I'm right. pointing to my Krumar Mojo, which weighs 38 pounds, a tenth of what the actual B3 wears. Weighs. I can wear it on my back. You don't get the real vibe, but it's a. I do want to check that thing out though, because uh, I'm, I am looking for lighter options. I have, I have the Nord uh, Electro Two, which I just use as my, my all-in-one currently, but adding a especially one with two manuals because that's like really a huge part of the plane is being able to have like four different sounds you can you can draw from you know but just by clicking some things around you can you know but with the nord you gotta it's a little bit clunky to kind of get different sounds out of it you can only really play one at a time they have the light button switches keyboard players out there will know will be familiar with those i think it's kind of weird you get used to it but it's kind of weird oh for the draw bars yeah 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 Yeah. Luck, luckily I, I bought that add-on oh i've seen the that. add-on yeah. draw bars so i actually have that's one cool it's like thing a little, it's like a little box with actual draw bars on it yeah it's just, it's just got like one one set of draw bars still that's that's super handy yeah um and you guys tour quite a bit too uh yeah we're, we're we've we've slowed down i guess um in this year but in the, yeah, the last two years we've been doing a lot of runs, at least in California, a little bit in Oregon, going to San Francisco quite a bit at this club, uh, the Boom Boom Room. Oh, that's great! I play there once too. It's fun. Yeah, and they have a house B three. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the, my favorite parts of the gig, um, and we usually stay with my wife's family up there, Filipino family, and they cook up a bunch of great food. To- totally cool. Just like take the whole band in. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's so good- so it's a it's a good it's a good time. It's a good setup indeed, yeah. Well, where are you guys uh, playing around town next? Uh, we have a we have a couple shows coming up. We're opening up for uh, singer songwriter Nick Crook at the Sunset Temple, and that's um, this coming Friday. Uh, I think the date is the nineteenth. Cool. Is that right? Anyone have a calendar? Yes, it is. Okay, it is. Yeah, January nineteenth. It's an early show, so I think we're going to be on at like seven p.m. It's Nick's first record, and he's throwing his release show there at the Sunset Temple. I don't have either of you guys played or been to the Sunset Temple. I played there once a long time ago. Yeah, it's a cool, cool room, kind of hidden back there, but it's or just off, just off of University, just you know, right, pretty much across the street from the Observatory. Yes, but but like, yeah, there's not a lot of shows that are happening there, but the rooms. It's it's it's, a, it's like a theater. It's cool. yeah. It's, it's funky. got vibe. Yeah, but it's not super huge. But it's got some vibe. It's right behind. Well, I guess now it's called El Tamarindo or something. Right, it's but always... it used to be Claire de Lune right oh, there. Oh right, yeah. 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 Claire, yeah. She she owns. Yeah. She owns it. Yeah, I think she used to live over by here too, because I'd always see the truck parked about a block away. The big yellow Claire de Lune's coffee truck. Oh, okay. truck. <laughs> it would be always parked over there. Um, cool. Right on. So uh, for some of our listeners who, who might not be familiar with the, the band, you're actually also a recording engineer and you have your home studio, the kitchen part two, the kitchen version two, rebuilt for higher efficiency. But you do, <laughs> you do all, the, all the tracking right at your, your pad. And speaking of like yeah. the keyboards, the Hammond and the clavinet and all that stuff, the analog sound is, is a big part of your guys' sound. Um, right. Yeah. So, and also... You mentioned the band earlier, the Mighty 388s. Um, probably only only engineering and, and like funk music nerds know this, but the 388 is a little eight track tape deck. It's it's almost like a glorified four track. It's, it's like if you remember the old four tracks, but it records eight tracks on a reel to reel. Yeah, it, it, the first time I, I heard of its, its its existence, I was so excited because I started first doing recordings when I was 20 on a cassette four track, the Tascam. And seeing this like more professional quarter inch reel to reel that had a whole mixer built eight channel mixer built in, yeah, it's it's called the Tascam three eighty eight. Um, it gets kind of a a lo fi sound. A, a lot of your favorite modern funk bands um, have recorded onto it, including Orgone, the Monophonics, L. Michael's Affair, the Menahan Street Band, mm-hmm. um, and and many others. It's also pretty legendary for for reggae too. Like a lot of reggae guys like to use it. Yeah, um, I know a modern reggae group, the Lions. They've used it, and they've got like a, a real dirty kind of sound. It, it came out in the in the mid '80s, which was which isn't really known for its uh, glorious um, 
tones as far as like funk is concerned. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Um, but that machine, just because I think it's because of the small tape size, the crappy, but yet cool sounding preamps. <laughs> um, the, I mean, I, I think they're just like really slow and like make make the, you know, make the track sound fat, especially the drums that like thickens them up and real real cool sounding yeah so that track we were just listening to was that mostly tracked with the 388 or, or what's your what's your process that you're when you guys are building these tracks because there's so many layers sure uh in funk it's kind of like a sum of all the different parts yeah usually we'll track the drums the bass the guitar um some scratch keys and then uh and then jesse on on uh, either sax or flute at the same time and if we're doing solos, we usually try and keep the solo from the from the original take, so we can get some get some of the interplay that's that's happening. You know, when you when you track it live, um, so that usually all, all hits the tape, and then we'll overdub the rest, layer layer the keyboards and the dub effects, and I'll, I'll do that and the rest of it in Pro Tools. You know, so, so like the usual the usual deal is yeah, record the first seven seven or eight tracks to the tape machine, dump it into Pro Tools, and then layer on top of that. Yeah. Well, it has a, it has an awesome sound and it's got that thick like mid-rangey sound that's super cool. Uh Thanks. I mean also Ed Kornhauser of, of Jukebox Jukebox Juice Juice of Juice Box <laughs> Juice Juice fame. Box. You guys have done both both your records over yeah, at the kitchen. Yeah, so I was going to say well. you don't you don't yeah, just working, re- working on a third one right now, right? No, that's true. Boy, yeah. Yeah. yeah we got to get ki- Matt Smith in here to figure out when that's coming out. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, cuz you in addition to recording your own music, you're also a hired gun. You know, you do, or rather, you know, you record other groups. Sure. Yeah. Um, what other, what are some of the, well, besides the one we just mentioned, but uh, what are the, some of the other groups you've worked with? Uh, Finnegan Blue, we're working on an, on an album right now, um, which is Willie from our band and his sister and and some of their, um, some of their homies, uh, Ricky Giordano's mm-hmm. in that group as well. Yeah. And they're kind of like an Irish folk bar band, clever, witty lyrics, it's it's real cool music with a uh, with dueling trombone because Annalie Will's sister also plays trombone as well. Yeah, and then they can kind of dip into like the New Orleans brass kind of sound with with that, which is cool. Um, so them, I, I, we just I just did a, a record for Jake Nager. Oh yeah, I was yeah I was talking to him about that. We actually he wants I I asked him to be in the podcast. He says he's down when that when that's finished. Nice, yeah, and that's that's turned out real well. I think we're pretty much done with the mixing, and he's just gonna take it i'm not sure what label it's going to be released on um but it it's it's really cool he brought in a bunch of you know jake's been been doing it forever and he brought in a bunch of his friends from all over the place and we kind of just all wrote you know collaborated on the writing and it was it was super fun to work on yeah i heard some sneak peeks of that on the internet and it sounds killer so far so i'm I'm excited for that one um well, it sounds like you're recording uh, so many records, you're gonna have to start a podcast to tell everybody about it. <laughs> no, we need we need a the kitchen podcast, man. No, that 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 would be fun. Um, what's yeah. cook, what's cooking in the kitchen? What's cooking in the kitchen? There's the, there's the the title right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Podcasts are you know it's a it's a good it's a good time. Uh, it's like the radio of the internet, you know, and uh, interviews and music. And it could it could it could be anything. And your and your your guys's is really cool. I'm honored to be here, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's like, it's like the radio and the internet met and had a baby, and that baby was called podcasts. <laughs> All right, before before we go too far <laughs> off track, we're gonna get into another tune. Uh, Tim, uh, introduce this one real quick. City Heights. I used to live in Normal Heights, and I'd often take walks into City Heights, and you know, there's great food over there, and great people, and you know, it's it, it's kind of a more gritty area as far as our urban kind of core is is concerned um but very very inspiring very very beautiful very very cultural culturally relevant for san diego and so uh wrote a tune from our first album city heights
You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. your jazz forecast for January 15th through the 21st. Monday, January 15th, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. You must be 21. Tuesday, January 16th, Gypsy Jazz Outfit Trio Gajo performs at 7 grand at 10 p.m., 21 and up. Wednesday, January 17th, Trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Balboa Park. Music is from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come by early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8, featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. The Crew d'Etat Brass Band plays some New Orleans jazz jams at 7 grand at 10.30 p.m. No cover, but it is 21 and older. Thursday, January 18th. The Rob Dove Trio continues the first and third Thursday residency at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. Guitarist Peter Sprague, saxophonist Trip Sprague, and vocalist Leonard Patton perform at the Fallbrook Library at 7 p.m. Percussion Love Fest, curated by Duncan Moore and Stephen Schick, features notable percussion players from around the city. This week, it's Leah Bowden, Tim McMahon, Malad Jahadi, and the Euphoria Brass Band. Music kicks off at 7.30 at Bread and Salt. Cover is $20 or $10 for students. Just across town, drop by the new jam session at the Ken Club, hosted by Robert Dove and Ian Buss on saxophones. Music from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. $5 cover and musicians get in for free. You must be 21 or older. Friday, January 19th. Saxophonist Ian Buss presents a tribute to Sonny Rollins at the Handlerie Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., featuring bassist Rob Thorson and Diego Maldonado on drums. No cover, and your parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Vocalist Kathleen Dugas and pianist Ed Kornhauser play at Maratilia Restaurant from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Pianist Danny Green brings his trio to Panama 66 from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. The Peter Sprague Trio plays at Kai's in Cardiff with brother Trip Sprague on tenor and Mackenzie Layton on the bass at 7 p.m. Also on Friday, pianist Hugo Suarez brings his group to Dizzy's at 8 p.m., $15 cover. Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate, an intimate series in the Plaza Bar at the beautiful Westgate Hotel. Music from 8 to 11 p.m. It's a triple header for Mardi Gras down at the Ken Club featuring the Euphoria Brass Band, the Amandas, and the Zimzi Quartet. Music starts at 9 p.m. Saturday, January the 20th. Saxophonist Ian Buss brings his quintet to Dizzy's for a composer's concert featuring original music by the members of the group, with New York City drummer Diego Maldonado, Rob Thorson on bass, Hugo Suarez on piano, and Louis Valenzuela on the guitar. Music starts at 8 p.m., $20 cover or $15 for students. Vocalist Allison Adams-Tucker plays at the Westgate Hotel at 8 p.m. with Joe Amato on guitar and Nora Germain on violin. Sunday, January 21st, composer Joe Garrison brings his group Night People to the San Diego Public Library at 2.30 p.m. Sue Palmer, San Diego's queen of boogie-woogie piano, will be at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. The annual Django Fest is happening at Dizzy's, featuring vocalist Allison Adams-Tucker, guitarist Pat Barogian and Joe Amato, and violinist Nora Germain. Music starts at 8 and $20 cover.
You're listening to San Diego Sessions, produced by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. All right, we are back on San Diego Sessions. If it sounds a little different today, we're broadcasting from Victory Mansions, a.k.a. Dirty Boulevard 3.7. We're actually over at Ed Kornhauser's place. Yes, I, I, my, uh, I've christened my apartment Victory Mansions. Victory Mansions. And once again, our guest is, <laughs> guest is Tim Felton, and we just heard... City Heights, and then with the jazz calendar, we heard Balboa Park, both from his band, the Surefire Soul Ensemble. But now, I know you know what I'm going to say. It's time for the San Diego 7, featuring Edward Theodore Kornhauser yes, and the, Tim Felton. Yes, this is the San Diego 7. Two German dudes yes. facing off. Yes, exactly. Three German dudes, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, three. Yeah. So that one sounds Italian. I it? know. But my mother's maiden name is actually Frick. That's right. That's oh, your, that's, your, that's, 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 your, your, that's German AF right there. Yeah, yeah. Frick, yeah. That's your middle name, isn't it? <laughs> well, it used to be part of my last name, yeah. Okay. But it didn't carry well on stage, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm actually more, more German than Italian. Huh. And ironically, you know? I'm, my last name is Kornhauser, which is the most German name on the planet. But uh, my family's not German. They were German-speaking Hungarian Jews. Oh, and the area they came from was Hungary then, and now it's Slovakia, yeah, the Sudetenland or whatever they called it. The, that's the part that Hitler wanted to take over during World War II. Wow. It's a long story, but oh, wow. and German speaking, but not Germans. Is okay. that the first question? Nope. <laughs> okay, <one second>. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into this. Okay, um, so as Ian said before, this is the San Diego Seven. These are seven uh, rapid-fire questions. Uh, that we'd like you to answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. All right. Is is it like marry, date, kill? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like that game. <laughs> it's a little like that. Okay. Um, they, some of them are music related and some of them are not. All no right. worries about these. Uh, number one, uh, what did you listen to on the drive over here? Oh, I don't even remember. Probably probably Jazz 88. Nice. Always a stand, Always a good classic. Um, number two, what was the first gig you ever played? The first gig I ever played was in high school. I was in a punk band. I was a drummer. I think it was at like a, like a youth center, like a parks and rec kind of gig in the park, you know, like all the kids would come. It was free here in San Diego. No, it was in Glendora, um, which is a, it's a bedroom community just east of Los Angeles, about 30 miles (laughs) near uh, Azusa and Pomona. So, so it was, yeah, it was a punk rock gig on drums. Sick. Um, mine was on tuba, so. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, number three. If you could wish a band or artist into non-existence, who would it be? Oh, this is a new one. Yeah. We're getting dark here. Oh, man. Well, I don't know. I think anyone that, that's, that's, that's making music is probably you know, adding some kind of something nice to the world. So someone's going to appreciate it. Someone, someone's going to take anything out of it. So I will just say live and let live there. Okay. I appreciate your diplomacy on that. I could think of a few, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about anyone personally. I'm just, there's bands out there. Okay. I don't get sublime. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to <laughs> give, I'm trying to sublime. give up. I'm trying to hang up my hater, my hater hat. You know, no, I, appreci- I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I, I wear mine from time to time. Cool. Moving on. Number five. This is a this is a this or that kind of like we did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, this or that. Richard Letterer or Grant Barrett. <laughs> uh, Grant Barrett. Yeah. Good. Good answer. I had a. Did you work there or did you work for Away with Words? When uh, we'll get to this a little bit later. Uh, not not while Richard was on, but I worked with him on a bunch of a bunch of pledge productions at, at kpbs and yeah he's definitely a character yeah I, I i met him a few times when i was younger and uh had a real bad experience with him when i was when i was like in, he came and spoke at my middle school yeah and i came up to talk to him because i thought he was all cool and i like walked up and i was i introduced myself and i was about to say something and i like went to shake his hand and he's like he enthusiastically shook my hand and then he turned the smile for a picture that was being taken i like looked and we both got in this picture and i just walked away <laughs> Oh damn! <laughs> I was like, "Wow, dude!" Hung you out to dry. Yeah, I was like, I was just a kid, but I was just like, "That is a, that's a harsh move." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I literally have held a grudge against him since I was about eleven, which is as of yesterday was twenty years ago. 
<laughs> oh man, we're really getting dark here. Okay, uh, next question, number uh, seven. Okay, uh, we're gonna go to six. Oh, um, man. <laughs> what's a pet peeve of yours, music or otherwise? A pet peeve of mine, um, probably. Man, I'd say bad bad tone on on an instrument hmm. that. Or the or or the wrong tone, like for certain you know for certain genres you usually I you want usually want to have kind of you know certain tones help define the genres I, yeah. I guess you'd say I'm I'm down for experimenting but you know some tones just don't work and some and some uh, some styles of playing don't necessarily work within certain contexts so that, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine I guess like a like a. Like an early 1950s rock and roll rhythm and blues band with a saxophonist that sounds like he's from 1984. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's out. That's out of context, right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Fish out of water. Yeah. Um, and okay, number seven, our old standby. We ask everyone this, and I'm not going to interpret it for you. Bacon. Bacon. Had, had some for breakfast. All right. We're pro-bacon. <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that all our fans, just they're dying for that. Yeah, Everyone wants to know about bacon. They're li- literally ba- dying. Ba- literally bacon dying. Is, is important. Just, yeah, just don't eat it for every meal. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. That was the San Diego 7 with our very own Ed Kornhauser. Those are some, uh, those are some fast-paced questions. And that's paste, <laughs> uh, P-A-S-T-E. <laughs> Did, did, did we do it at a good pace, or, 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 or did we lose? No, I think we, that I was think, a quick one. I think that was pretty You're good. Very, when, when he said rapid fire, you actually took him seriously. Most people, they just you know they like to go on and on. Oh, yeah, we've um, tan- tangentified. We, we go on tangents. I've, I've worked in radio. I know what it's like to edit, so, you know. Yeah. yeah actually, speaking of that, and just to catch up real quick, we, we, we alluded to Away With Words, but in addition to engineering... Uh, your own groups and other groups. You're also uh, an audio tech for uh, the, um, I believe, nationally syndicated uh, public radio show, Away With Words. It is nationally syndicated. They are, they're an independent um, company, Away With Words. Um, yeah, I've been working for them for ele- 11 years, and they've been independent um, from KPBS for 10. Wow, very cool. Yeah, very. I, I love always loved language and english is so interesting because we're the great linguistic thieves like we borrow from everybody and and our language is complicated and in so many things there's more exceptions to the rule than there are the rule itself you know right. examples of exceptions versus so actually I've, I've quite liked that show over the years yeah it's it's been really real fun to get to know those guys and, and to work on that show and i get to drop in little little tidbits of some funky music that's the, what i was gonna for say the interludes. i nice. listen because they always play funk and they play tim's stuff on the bumpers so nice yeah <laughs> I, I will drop some of my own music in there occasionally you know i won't i won't lie you I have don't. to yeah <laughs> yeah no well well played well played right on so you uh host a very interesting jam session here in town there's several uh jam sessions going on here in san diego but yours has kind of a unique um vibe and feel and it's uh it's it's in sun it's on certain Sundays of the month at Babel in Babel Park at the at the club Panama sixty six. What what Sunday of the month is it again? The fourth the, the fourth, fourth Sunday, which sometimes is the last, but check your calendar because sometimes it's not. Right, but it's the fourth Sunday, and uh, so what's this jam like? It's got some interesting house rules, so to speak. The jam the, the it's the it's called the Funky Music Jam Session, and we do early funk and soul jazz tunes. Um, I post, uh, I guess, uh, kind of a list of tunes that we'll draw from. We try and add a, a few, you know, every every once in a while, get a, get a few fresh ones in there. But I've never really played at a jazz jam session because I didn't come up through through my education really studying jazz. Um, so I felt kind of left out in that regard. But I, I you know, I, I always appreciated the the camaraderie of. Uh, of the jam sessions, I've gone to some and, and watched them. Um, so making one with with some music that I felt comfortable with, but with playing, I thought would be a fun idea. Yeah, I dig it. And it's not it's not tunes that people normally hear, especially at jam sessions. Right, they're kind of they're kind of outside of that. And I, we throw some of the original Surefire tunes in there, which is is nice to hear some other musicians 
you know, do their take on, on some of our original tunes. Yeah. So you just basically, you know, you sign up. I, I figure like other jam sessions come, come a little early. Um, but, but yeah, we, we have horn charts, but generally for the rhythm section, you need to like learn the tunes. I imagine this is probably similar on jazz jam session. Maybe, maybe there's a lead sheet. Yeah, true. But you, but yeah, for rhythm sections players, even for jazz, I mean, you really got to check out the tune, especially with certain tunes. There's like hits that aren't going to be on the lead sheet. Right. right. You know? Yeah. Like you're saying with context and tone and all that stuff, if you don't know the style, you really stick out. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so, and, and yeah. I, I figure it's it it might be easier for some people, you know. Ours is probably more of an introductory level jam session, but we we do get a lot of inter- interesting things happening, especially when we get the the right players sitting in on on the right tunes. You know, we're able to take it to to cool places, at least as far as like funk kind of fusion area and. Yeah, and what's cool is you guys have that full band sound. Like you've got the percussion out there. You got like your organ set up or, or the Nord or whatever mm-hmm. and guitar. It's like a full on rhythm section. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're able, because Panama 66 has, has a decent budget. I'm able to get, have seven people in the backing band. That's terrific. Which yeah. is, which is nice. And just swap them out as they go. Mm-hmm. That's rad. And you, you publish a set list kind of ahead of time. Or yeah. A list of, or a list, not a, you know, like set order, but so- like a song list. list yeah. Song list. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, it's stayed fairly, fairly consistent while trying to add, two tunes every once in a while to kind of get it get make from for more to draw from nice i've been i've yeah. been to it a few times and it's fun and it's different it's unique and people dance and that's a great venue too especially like in the summertime when it's nice and it's nice and sunny and warm out and you know everyone's it's Bobo park everyone and their mother's there it's it's a really cool vibe yeah that that venue has been a blessing on on the san diego music scene for sure yeah that we've we've lost too many good venues in the last some couple of years. I'm really glad that Panama 66 is, is, you know, having good, diverse music on a regular basis. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. If you want to check that out, um, you can always check Panama 66's website, but it's also on Facebook. The page is usually called uh, Sundays in the Park. Sundays in the Park. Exactly. Yeah. So check that on Facebook. Um, So you mentioned, we heard that that first tune earlier, but you guys are working on a new full length that's going to be out on Coal Mine Records. Um, Yes. Are you still mixing that, or is it all all in process? Still right now? mixing, still tracking. We're gonna have some vocals on some tracks, maybe even some raps. We'll see what we'll see where that goes. Um, I know. I I mean, I represent Ed. You know, he's big on the rap scene. Yeah. Here. I heard, I but heard, everything I heard has to go that. through me. You know, I get the. Is it is it like bubble rap or what? What kind of rapping are you doing? <laughs> Saran actually. <It's> Saran. That's... <laughs> That's, so, that's my that's my that's my that's my name mc saran <laughs> <laughs> so is this new new disc gonna drop this year or um do you guys know when it's gonna come out yet i know with a label uh, it's always funny because they have their timeline and right we as musicians have our own timeline. it's pretty but, much like after we finish uh, it it's gonna be like <clears throat> five five months later so and it's i feel like it's close but yeah just to get the vocals and especially since we haven't done vocals i'm going to be a, probably a little bit hard on our ourselves you know make sure it's we're doing the right thing by taking this yeah this get it leap, dialed in this leap into into the vocal territory sweet well i can't wait to hear the whole thing um and then for our listeners before we go what what are some other gigs you have coming up uh the other one the other one besides the the nick crook gig is uh, we're playing with euphoria brass band on february 9th at winston's kind of like co-headlining and awesome. We, and we played with them last at the end of last year, and it was a super fun show. And this they, this this is like a Mardi Gras kind of kind of show. They're so fun. Yeah, I I love seeing them play. Um, and as a former tuba player, their their tuba player Tuba Wayne is like my personal hero. Yeah, he, he's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. Their their band is incredible. We had most of their band sit in with us on a couple songs, and then we sat in with them on a couple songs. We had like. 16 people 15 or 16 people on stage wow at winston's and it was fat like i don't even know how many horns like seven seven horn players or something yeah <laughs> sure be, sure yeah. you sure sure euphoria soul on brass band ensemble oh yeah sorry that was like that completely garbled that one <laughs> 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 well that should be a killer gig and i love you know 
I love that band. And JP, one of the sax players, he's one of our neighbors in the hood here too. Oh, nice. Oh, he, he uh, lives over here. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, right, right near, uh, right in South Park. Oh, wow. So, right on. Cool. What's the date on that again? Uh, that would be Friday, February 9th at Winston's in Ocean Beach. Cool. Well, everybody, yeah, check that out at Winston's. And um, Tim, it's been super fun to have you in here and, and oh, talk thanks, about yeah. Surefire and talk about all things music. I thought you were going to drop some heavy funk knowledge on us and then we, we would be sitting here like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But, but I actually do know Dr. Octagon. That's not funk. Oh, the, oh the, hip, the hip-hop <laughs> yeah, stuff? From yeah. Earlier. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all share a lot of common influences. Um, there's a lot of crossover. No, I appreciate Ed you guys having me, Ed, Ed and, um, and Ian. And yeah, fun, fun conversation. No, thank you. Good thank times. you for being a part of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys play soon. It's been a minute, so I'm in for a, I'm in for a show, sure firing. That R- sounded weird. <laughs> right on. You'll, you'll sure surely get fired up brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay we're, we're taking it out with one more tune and this last one is called baja norte
You've been listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company.